1: We talk a bit about her military service, her job in the Sheriff's All right, podcast listeners, we have Kate McGrath with us here today. Um, She hails from South Carolina, but she is a guide for the Arkansas County Guide Service, which is a duck uh, hunting service there in Arkansas. So thank you, Kate, for joining us. Hey, it's good to be on here. Good. I'm glad. Um, I want to give you just a second. Will you please kind of introduce us to you and who you are and, um, and kind of your background on how you got started hunting?
2: Okay. So I actually started hunting a little late in the game. I started when I was 28, um, uh, the boyfriend at the time, he taught me how to duck hunt. He uh, grew up in the area where they had this barely large swamp and, um, just fell in love with it. They've been doing it their whole lives and I just got addicted. Um, just waking up really early in the morning, the sunrises that you see, and just that bird coming in, which, uh, there's nothing like it. So I got hooked instantly. Um, and he's the one who taught me how to hunt. And then after moved on, I just knew that I wanted to stick with it because I loved it so much. So I started booking a lot of -of out-of-state hunts, um, just researching different outfitters and exploring that because I'd never done that um, with the group. I just kind of ventured out on my own um, as far as figuring out where to go. And I met some really great outfitters, like family-oriented, that just taught me so much and just met so many awesome guides that, man, you learn so much from a guide. It's incredible. Um, down Louisiana and Arkansas and um eventually got the opportunity to be able to go out to Arkansas every season and guide out there, take a break from work and uh and do that. So it's been awesome. Quite an awesome past
1: uh let's see, five years now of hunting, three years of guiding, so that is awesome that's awesome now take us back just a little bit further because there Mm -hmm. are a couple of hats that you have worn um in your lifetime uh take us back to i know that you are a veteran in the army which thank you for your service and i say that genuinely my brother just got back from afghanistan we are a military family and i truly thank you for that service (laughs)
2: <laughs> so I did six years in the South Carolina Army National Guard. Mm-hmm. I did about three years full-time active, um, just straight. Um, I was with the 418th Infantry out of the Lower State, South Carolina, Charleston-based. And we went over to Kuwait for a year. It was part of a FET female engagement team. So it was like South Carolina trying out a female group in an infantry unit because we weren't allowed as females to be with infantry yet. Mm-hmm. So... We did that. It was great. Met a lot of awesome people. Learned a lot of great lessons. Um, when I came back from Kuwait, I moved to upstate South Carolina to Greenville, and that's uh, where I started my next career in law enforcement. So
1: that is awesome. I, uh, I, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you're not even touching and and I know <laughs> I that for that because there's the hard work and there's a lot of comparison um not that I could ever compare because I've never been in the military um but there's a lot of comparison to adapting um to your surroundings in mm-hmm. in military in um the sheriff's department in hunting, like there's a lot that goes on in that background, and I know that you've probably right. hit it in every single one. So I know that as you've gone through all of these things, it has um, you have learned how to adapt. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's just a different element, but at, at the same time, you're using the same skills. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you're, you're able to adapt. You're applying skills, you're testing yourself, you're building confidence in different ways. And yeah, it's, I always say like the, the greatest gift you can give a girl, like, or anyone, is like the ability to hunt. I like that idea because, you know, some might argue that, you know, no, no, the greatest gift is to build her confidence or the greatest gift gives her self worth or the greatest gift is to do that. Well, that hunting does all of that mm-hmm. for you. And, um, I like how I transitioned from like a military into hunting because I was able to apply, you know, like shooting skills yeah. and just being in the outdoors to, you know, like bringing home meat and you know having a skill set that challenged me even further because you know shooting moving targets in the sky is completely different than something standing still on land. Yes, so it's it's challenging and it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and the biggest thing for me. Um, Hunting is a therapy for me. Like when I go out there, it is so relaxing. It doesn't matter if you kill one bird or no birds or, you know, a full strap of birds. Um, It is just relaxing. And I found that that's the same thing for a lot of people is it just, just being out there, the anticipate anticipation of what's going to happen. God, it just gets you away from the everyday, like negative Of the world, and you're just out there, you know, doing your thing. So
1: it's true, it's very true. Okay, okay, Kate, I want to take us back just a second. Um, uh, you said that you started hunting late, later in life, and that is the same with me. Um, there are a lot of women out there who have hunted their entire lives, and I I'm super jealous of that and I love the fact that they have been able to do that, but um but I want people to also hear that there are other women out there who are hunting who didn't get that in their lives. Yeah, um
2: like I said I started at 28. I'll be 33 in a couple months. So, a good solid 5-6 years of hunting and I I really wish I started younger too. I just didn't have anyone I didn't know any girls that hunted. I, yeah. I really didn't. Like growing up, I grew up in Vermont, actually. Um, and there's there's plenty of guys that would go all the time, but I just I just never had that opportunity come up. And honestly, I didn't even know there were so many hunters until meeting like the whole Instagram hunting community mm-hmm. of just finding other. Female hunters. I had no idea. It's this giant world (laughs) of hunters, especially girls that love to do the same thing. I agree. And forgive
1: my dogs that are howling all of a sudden. That's okay in my backyard. (laughs) It is okay. Um, I uh, I feel the same way because the way that I grew up was yes, there were a lot of, of guys that did the same thing, like they were hunting. Um, so I grew up kind of the same way where all of the guys, uh, they were hunting and I don't think, I, I really don't think there was ever an opportunity. I don't think that it ever was a thought for me that I could be a part of that. Um, and I don't think it was anybody being mean or rude or leaving me out. I just don't think it was a thought, a, a thought process hey, she might like to learn or she might like right. to do this. Right. Yep. So um, it's, uh, I am very jealous of of girls who had uh, parents or uncles or aunts or moms that were involved in that. But did you grow up in the outdoors? I grew up in the
2: outdoors, um, kayaking, snowboarding, everything outdoors. The whole idea of hunting, I just, I don't think I ever really thought about it when Mm -hmm. I was younger. It wasn't like I grew up thinking, oh, I wish I could learn how to hunt. It just really wasn't ever presented as an option to me because no one in my family hunted. Um, You know, every once in a while you hear about your your friends in high school going, you know, deer hunting or something, but it just wasn't something that I, I saw around me a lot where I even would know to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, because until I actually went hunting, I thought I had the idea of what hunting was, but it's just <laughs> so much more. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's very so true. much
1: more yeah. than like just the outside perspective. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I uh, Now who inspired you into the outdoors? Um, not just hunting, but I, you said you grew up in Vermont where they're just... Um, opportunities to be involved in the kayaking and hiking and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. So the part
2: of like majority of Vermont kind of looks like upstate South Carolina or like, you know, blue Ridge down here. Gorgeous. Um, Really similar. So there's opportunities to go anywhere. Like, um, you go snowboarding 30 minutes down the road at the, the mountain. Um, there's rivers everywhere. We're right on the Connecticut river, which divides Vermont and New Hampshire. Um, so, I mean, there's trails everywhere. It's There's ab- abundance as far as um, where to go. And ironically, now I have people that I grew up with down there who are posting pictures of like pheasant hunting in Vermont and duck hunting in Vermont. And it blows my mind because I never knew those things were even there to do in Vermont <laughs> until yeah. now. Yeah. I was like, that would have been great to know, you know, a few years ago um
1: what i was saying you know, the benefits of I social younger. media right that's it's incredible like what you said it's until and i don't think i even knew that too because i did not know any women around me for the first truly the first 3 years that i was hunting out of four i did not know any women around me um that right. actually hunted and there's still very few but i feel like my community um, is a whole lot bigger due to social media. Right. No,
2: I agree. I've only had, um, so when I'm out in Arkansas, obviously the majority of the people, you know, 99% of the people that come out there are guys, um, whether it be a guy's trip or a work trip, corporate trip, um, or just a family of guys, like whether it be like father, son, cousins, Mm -hmm. um, and every once in a while, there'll be like a wife or a girlfriend that loves to hunt to come. But I probably have met less than five girls that have come out duck hunting um, to do that. The, the most I've ever hunted with girls is actually about a month ago. I did that uh, antelope hunt out in New Mexico. I, I got the opportunity to do like a, a veterans first responder um, antelope hunt that they put on for us. And that was hunting with all women. And it was such an amazing opportunity. And it was so great to have like <laughs> people that actually, like girls that actually understood the same kind of you know, stuff that you love to do and they've been doing it for a while and they, they brought like different experiences like muley and elk and um, duck from different parts of the States. It's just, it's so nice to, to have that um, because You know, I I don't want to be, I'm not always the one that's like, oh, where'd you go shopping today? Or, you know, how are babies or something? I like to talk about, you know, hey, did you find a good swamp to go hunting lately? Like, I just have a different genre of conversation that I thoroughly enjoy. And so it's really nice to be able to find girls that understand that, you know, sitting in a swamp at Mm 5am watching the sunrise is, or, you know, not 5am, but, you know, early in the morning when it's just gorgeous and quiet and just... there's nothing like it. But if you said that to someone, they'd be like, "Really? Are you okay? Yeah. You know, just in a swamp, enjoying
1: yourself." <laughs> I think that I think that everybody can kind of, they should be able to get that part of it because no matter who you are or what you're doing in life or what your passions are, uh, whatever that passion is, it becomes what you are. It becomes what you talk about. It becomes what you fill your time with. And right, whether you are. Um, getting married and your world is fully encompassed by that, that. um right. or having babies or you're in or dogs
2: or dogs <laughs> as you heard earlier.
1: <laughs> I don't think I don't think dogs started in my life as a baby and they will always be in my life so they will always be encompassing <laughs> all parts of my life. Um I can talk dogs and hunting all day long with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that I think that everybody has been in a position where you're at a party or you're in a conversation with people and you're just sitting there going, Man, I could be doing such and such or I could be talking to so and so And it's not out of disrespect. it's not it's just where your brain is, um right. And so it's, that's really funny, but it is true. It's, there's a camaraderie in it. There's common Mm -hmm. ground with it. Um, Being a woman who hunts, there is finding somebody else who you can have that same conversation with and speak the same language. It brings a little bit of comfort. It brings a little bit of um, ease to the conversation. Right. It's definitely hard to
2: get into the hunting world as an adult female, mm-hmm. I have found. Like, um, I've just been really lucky to have the opportunity the way I started out. Uh, I started out late, but I mean, you know, I got the intro from people I knew. Um, I, I, I booked the trips where, you know, obviously I, I was welcomed there and taught so much. And then the opportunity to start out as like an assistant guide. And you just learn from people that have been doing it for you know, decades, um, and just to learn from them. But on the personal side, as far as hunting locally and not working, it's a lot harder because, I mean, let's face it, the majority of your, your guy friends from work or wherever are married. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that is always a hard bubble to get into because you can't be the only girl going on an all guys hunting trip. It's, it's, it is a unspoken rule, (laughs) It is. I hate to say it, but it's hard to, to do that because obviously your only intention is to go hunting, but it's a, a hard
1: world to break into if you are the only girl that hunts in the group. So, 100%. I've had that conversation many times uh, with many women and it's not... Like, I'm not, I'm not complaining because there is a fine line of respect for their wives and for right. yourself because how right. it would look because of how there are all of these things that circle around it. Um, and you don't <laughs> want, you want to stay on the up and up, whatever you do. And so, yeah. Right. Um, there's a stigma to it and there's a responsibility to it. And so finding a group of women um,
2: (laughs) would be so valuable, but it's just like, it's almost like an endangered species. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, There's no, there's no, you know, you don't have to worry about any expectations or any rules or ever mm -hmm. like any of that extra stuff where it comes with that issue. Yeah. You know, finding a group to go with, especially like going on a a hunting trip, let's say. So if you don't have someone in your family that you go with. So that's probably why it's a little harder for women to get into that role. Cause unless you really have someone you already know or you're dating or you're married to, it's not exactly, you know, accessible.
1: Yep. Uh, it's, it's not accessible and it's, it's also not, it's really truly not feasible because, um, it everybody needs a mentor everybody needs right. somebody that goes ahead of them um and truthfully men have been ahead of me who have encouraged me and mentored me um mm-hmm. but my husband has been one of them and if i didn't have my husband doing that it you you still have to tread you have to tread lightly
2: right mm-hmm. right No, I totally agree. And even like you and I were talking about the whole, you know, public land. And obviously there's tons of land that we can go out and learn, but that's a whole different aspect of hunting. Yes. You know, just to venture out on public land and learn that. That's a whole different side of hunting that I am just learning about. And I've been hunting for years now. And so, but that's something that you would need someone to show you how to do. First off, you would need someone to be able to take the time and mentor you in that. Yeah. Because I mean... Or just watch a lot of YouTube videos. A lot you know? of YouTube.
1: <laughs> a lot of YouTube. Man,
2: you are I mean, correct. there's resources everywhere. And honestly, it just, it sounds silly, but like, like you how you and I met, like just reach out Instagram and different female hunters be like, Hey, what's your Opinion of this or you know what kind of bow do you use like I just learned how to use it the other day from um one of my partner's girlfriends at work and and she was awesome she showed she got like an Eva Shockey and she showed me how to do it and that I was I was just shocked to learn that she actually bird hunts so I finally found someone local <laughs> that actually hunts that so is awesome that was like invaluable. <laughs> That's I was so excited girl I was like you hunt too she's like yeah you hunt I haven't been able to find another girl. And it was like a, you know, a slow motion, like
1: best friends <laughs> running
2: towards the at a moment where you're like, yes.
1: <laughs> the slow right. motion of figuring it out is uh, the excitement that comes from it. I have felt that. And it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think guys right. feel the same way. I think that... Um, depending on men as they grow in hunting we've got a lot of men who are doing the same thing and learning later in life um Mm -hmm. how to hunt and i love that because i feel like our community needs that Um, right but i think that they can hit the same things they can be they can feel like they aren't um in a community where there are a lot of them. And so they can kind of feel the same way and go, Oh, you hunt, you hunt. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Um, right. (laughs) And so that's kind of where, I don't know where we can see that line fade a little bit. Um, and we can get Mm -hmm. that understanding on both sides of it. We get that. It's nice to find somebody with common ground in the hunting world. Um, it's right. also nice to have somebody who is slightly ahead of you and slightly behind mm-hmm. you in your learning I of, agree. Of, I agree. of this sport. And so, um, it's nice to be able to learn from somebody, but it's also a great thing to be able to bring somebody up who's right behind you. Um, yes. And teach them everything that you wish you learned mm-hmm. <laughs> like
2: earlier in life and everything. Yes. Yes. Especially like when you've done groups. it alone. Um, yes. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I know a lot of groups I've seen have tried to start do more, like organizing more hunts. Like I see that a lot more uh, past couple of years where it's like, you know, all female duck hunt or all female something. And don't get me wrong. I love hunting with the guys. It's just my, that's my normal atmosphere. I, I work with all men. Like yeah. um, at the sheriff's office, like that's my normal, regular conversation, totally go with it. But it is so cool to meet girls and to like actually plan a group hunt because, I mean, let's face it, we're going to have to meet girls from other states yes. and get together and hunt in a certain state, you know, yes. because I'm, I'm not going to be able to rely on someone who's completely local to do a group of girls that want to go hunting. No, you're
1: so 100% like seeing that. Yeah, And it's, the guys feel the same way. We all just want some girl time. We all just want some guy time. We all just want to get away right. and have some downtime. And uh, and so I think I've got a a duck hunt that um, with a group of girls in January that I'm very excited about over Real Foot Lake. And it's going to be nice. awesome, but it's all girls. And I'm excited about that because... I can make mistakes. I can ask them questions. I can grow and learn alongside of them, um, without feeling pressured to already know
2: yeah.
1: if that makes sense. Right. Um, no, it does. it does. And that would be for anybody stepping into something new, um, anybody stepping into something that they haven't done before. It's just, there's a comfort in knowing. I'm not going to be made fun of for asking a stupid question because there are no stupid questions, but you can feel stupid asking a question. (laughs) 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 I know I have. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Tell me, you've, you have now, like you've got an antelope hunt, you've had duck hunts. What is your favorite hunt from the past? So
2: let's see. Okay. My favorite hunt, it was, okay. So when I first started duck hunting, it would always be with people um, locally. It was my boyfriend at the time and like his, his cousins and we would all go. Mm -hmm. And then I, when I booked the guided hunts, obviously I'd be going with, you know, the guide and a couple other people. I went to Arkansas and I, I hunted with them with a the group. And then, you know, one day, I w- I asked um, the owner of the outfitting service. I was like, "Hey, can I go? Can I go out to the blind today? Um, just this blind that we're not using today, and just you know, go by myself?" He's like, "Yeah." yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I took the boat and I went out there and I got my first bird completely by myself. It was a teal um, a green winged teal and I've shot them before. Um, but the fact that I was completely alone, did it all by myself, completely by myself, even though I'd been duck hunting for years, it was so different. And I was so proud. Like I, that thing, you know, drop out of the sky, hit the water, jump in the boat, to go get it. And you're just like a little kid. You're like, it, it felt like my first duck, like just being out there completely by myself. It, it was so proud. And yeah, <laughs> it was a great feeling. There's so the independence one of, my of it. Favorites.
1: Yeah. What is the independence of it? It's right. being able to say, yeah. I did the progression that. progression mm-hmm. of how far you've come. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. So that was probably one of my favorite ones. And then honestly that antelope pond was a whole different world. Cause <laughs> it now has me like <laughs> addicted looking into the whole four legged hunting side of things because I've just been like dove and duck and geese. Yeah. Um, the past few years. So that whole side of it, I'm really excited about. Um, cause that was, I was out of my element in that sense of like learning a whole new kind of hunting. Um, it was very exciting. So can't wait to
1: see what, what happens next with that. Ah, uh, you dip your toe in all the different kinds of hunting and it gets very exciting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been like, like, like looking up, really, and elk. I'm just like, oh, it's on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I have a very long bucket list now of differences I want to hunt. Like, I would, my dream hunt would be go to hunt in New Zealand yeah. one day. That would, and be like a red stag
1: or something. That mm-hmm. would be amazing because yeah. it's absolutely stunning out there. It's beautiful. I'm right there with you on that one. Okay. Help me really quick. Um, uh, I want to learn. If you could give me, you know, your top suggested ways of learning how to duck hunt, like take me from the beginning, choosing guns, uh, where you have come from, choosing guns all the way to, um, the end of a duck hunt. Okay. Um-
2: um, let's see. Well, obviously you got to be comfortable with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between shooting birds for shooting like deer, for example, is they're in the sky and your perception of how far away that bird is, is going to be distorted at first. So if you've never shot something in the sky, I would definitely suggest shooting clays first. Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting that idea of how far away something is, because it's going to look a lot closer than it actually is. So you're going to miss Gotcha. And then also you have to clay's help you with the you know the anticipation. You have to like you have to shoot a little head, ahead of where the bird's flying. So that part of it, you have to you can't just aim towards the bird and shoot
1: <laughs> because they're not so still. So it takes a few times, to,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's probably one of the the first things you have to work on, and clay's really helps with that because you're learning to shoot ahead of the bird. Um, you're getting sign kind of like a, a depth perception of how far that bird is out. Um, the next thing you would have to learn and you'd have to learn it from actually having birds come in and that takes time is that you would think birds are dumb. Ducks can see and hear very well. So when you're in a blind, you got to think you have, you're sticking your head outside of like like think of like a dugout with branches over top of it, and you have a bunch of holes. Well, it's going to be like a microphone over the water if you're on the water. You could be in a field, but if you're on the water, it's like a microphone. Anytime you you know talk inside that blind, it's going to come out of the hole like that, um, and the sound carries. So you'll be like, if you're talking, you'll you'll notice that the, do- the birds will flare, like that um, just mean, you know, you know they turn away from coming straight at you like they were and they pick up on that movement they pick up on you you know moving towards your gun too soon when you see them just talking about hey here they come um so you you will notice that over time like how slowly you have to get ready to take your shot um just like with any kind of hunting um but a lot of people don't realize that they see and hear really really well
1: i did not know as far as Mm -mm.
2: so as far as picking up a shotgun funny thing is because starting in uh law enforcement as far as my intro to shotguns i i thought i hated shotguns because i'm telling you we would shoot slugs at the range and i always thought shotguns were heavy and loud and i'd have bruises the next day and i hated them (laughs) and then i had my hunting shotgun and i was shocked on like because i'm sure a lot of girls think the same thing as far as all shotguns feel like that but they don't um my I have a, a Franke affinity. I love it. It's a um, middle of the road price range. Yeah, it's around seven hundred. I mean, I, it shoots great. I love it. Um, it doesn't kick. So any girl that's starting out, going into it, it it's it. You barely it like it barely kicks. It's a good at all. smooth. Right. Yeah. It's lightweight. Um, it's a twenty six inch barrel. Um, it she's twelve gauge. Twelve gauge shotgun. And I, I really like it. You, you barely, you barely even feel it when it goes off. That's what's awesome. the best thing I would suggest is to go into the store and actually just hold them, you know, just like point to you at the wall, just pick it up, see how it feels. Just kind of like when people suggest a bow, right? Um, they're saying, you know, go in there. Don't necessarily go with the brand that people suggest. You got to, gotta, it has to feel right. You know, um, there's no point in getting something crazy expensive right off the bat. Um...
1: Yeah, well, because if you, shoot it, if you shoot it and you don't enjoy it um, or if right. it, it's uncomfortable or it's heavy and cumbersome, right. you're not going to want to shoot it. It's going to be a waste of money. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, yeah, like a good middle of the road, under $1,000. Like I said, mine was probably around seven. I would say is a good average price um, to start out for a shotgun or even borrow someone's shotgun. See how yeah. you feel with it, you know? Um, cause I mean, you have like over unders, you have automatics, you have all kinds of, of different ones that you're going to want to try. You have like the three and a half inch versus the three inch. Yeah. Shoots a bigger shell.
1: And you've um, got to look at, you've got to look at the laws. You've got to look at what you can shoot, what you, according to states and all of that kind of stuff.
2: Right. So that's the other aspect. Um, so every state's different. So you have to get your overall hunting license. You have to get your waterfowl. License And like I said, every state is different. You have have to get, no matter state you're hunting in, you have to get your federal duck stamp where you go to the post office. It's about 30 bucks. And it's literally a stamp. And it's um, different waterfowl uh, artwork on it every year. So you have to have that. And that federal stamp applies to any state that you hunt in. Some states have their own duck stamp, like a state duck stamp, like... um, And so as far as getting the licenses, those are things you have to look at. Um, You just have to just go online and read the different laws per state. It really does vary, especially pricing too. Yes. Um, And then looking at the different shells, um, you want to make sure that with duck, you're not using lead. You're using steel shot. Exactly. Because you don't want lead to be going into the water. Nope. Um, So that's highly illegal. Yes. (laughs) Don't want to be doing that. Um, when you first learn about shotgun shells, you're going to go into Cabela's or wherever you get them. And you're going to need to have someone with you that knows what they're talking about because you're going to look at a whole wall of ammo and shotgun shells, and you're going to see all these different numbers on there. And you have no idea what any of them mean. It's overwhelming. So it is, it is hard to figure out what you need. Um, people have different preferences. Obviously, whether know they're shooting you know three inch or twos or fours or whatever um but if you, you just reach out to someone in there that they'll definitely help you whether you're doing dove or duck um and then also what kind of shotgun you get you're gonna need to know what kind of shells for the size so but yeah it's a lot it's not that it's not that hard it's not that hard. It's not that yeah. hard. Just go in the yeah. store and figure you're, it out. Once you, yeah. So it'll be a little overwhelming at first, mm-hmm. but once you like, you literally just take a photo of the box that you get that day, and you remember those numbers. Yeah. you're Like, look, I just need this, this, and this, and you just get a case of that every year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the it's the walking into those stores and not getting oh you need this and you need this and you need this and you need this from the mm-hmm. salesman because you have to remember that even though they're there to answer questions and things like that, they are also salesmen. Um, and so mm-hmm. like you said, no matter what you're hunting, taking somebody with you to help make decisions who has been hunting before and say, no, you really don't need that um, makes a difference. Right.
2: And you don't have to get the fancy expensive box of shelves. I mean, I'll be honest, we will tell you where we, guide. we personally, like the hunters bring their own shells, but we personally get the cheap stuff. Yeah. Legit, go get a case at Walmart because we shoot so much. It kills birds and you know, we're good with it. Like if you're just going on one trip and you want to try out, you know, the, the new fancy shotgun shells have had it, but if you're going to be doing it a lot, I mean, I mean, they all kill birds, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: As long as you're legal and <laughs> what you're they shooting. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As far as um, hunting clothes and camo. So, you know, you can spend the money and get your, your nice Sitka stuff. I, I I have a few Sitka items. So, you know, like that really good neck warmer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can have any kind of variation of hunting pattern or duck hunting. Because obviously there's different. Camo, camo patterns for, you know, deer versus duck. Right. But I mean, as long as you're warm, like I can't tell you how good it is to invest in some really good wool socks. Wool socks in the winter in duck hunting will save you because you're going to be sitting there for hours and it's going to be really cold and you're going to be in waders and you're really going to want to have some good socks. So I can't emphasize that part of, as much, but um, let's see. Um, your blind bag, you're going to want to have obviously some snacks and some coffee, um, (laughs) good gloves. Um, you're going to want to have a hat that doesn't have a lot of light colored, like I said, they see well. So you want more of like that dark, you don't want like a bunch of like white patches on your head that's moving around that shows motion. Right. Um, not a whole lot of color. You're, mm -mm, you're going to want a face mask, um, that you can just pull over your nose. You don't have to like do a, a full face of, um, you know, like face paint or you can, that's up to you. And once again, that's a preference, right? Like sometimes we'll just do it to do it. And then sometimes we like, you know, we're just not doing it that day. Right. You really just make it your own as far as what you prefer to use. Um, some chapstick, six, definitely in duck hunting. That's got to go on your blind bag. Um, let's see. What else do I have in there? You're going to have your hunting licenses. Um, plastic bags for your phone, and um, if you get any bands from your ducks, you're gonna want to have like a little plastic bag to stick your stuff in. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure a couple of other things will pop in my mind in a minute, but uh, going back oh, I to that, keep, honestly, a little box for feathers. I know it's a girly thing, but I keep a little like like one of those uh, wet boxes that you can clamp up, and I put a bunch of cool feathers in there every once in a while.
1: Well, there's good memories. It's good things to look back on. It's good things to hold on to. That's, um, a tangible memory from right. a trip that you've had. Um, mm-hmm. going back to oh, camo, you straps. your Sorry. straps, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah
2: you're going to want
1: your, your duck hunting straps. Okay. Um, to hang your ducks. Um, going back to camo, I, the whole hat thing, it kind of goes back to, <laughs> And I hate, I don't mean to stay on this tangent, but (laughs) putting colors on our camo, whether you are a man or a woman, putting colors (laughs) on camo drives me nuts. um, I hate it so much. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I know that they need... I know that Why they need to see, yeah, I know they need to see what brand it is. I know they need to see what, but it's don't put pink on my camo. Um, right. Or purple. Or purple. I'm um, not going
2: to name any brand names right now, but it doesn't make <laughs> any sense to me at all. <laughs> it doesn't.
1: Especially when you are dealing. You don't need to sell it with that. No. That's not how
2: you
1: it. No, it's right. not. It, it depends on what you are what you are hunting. You've got deer who are colorblind. So I get that you can have a little bit of freedom in that, but right. there are a whole lot of animals out there that actually see extremely well, especially mm-hmm. your birds. Um Like you mm-hmm. said with ducks, you've got your geese, your um, turkeys see extremely well. Um, oh, yes. And so you are wearing something that – could be versatile over all of the species that you're hunting but now you can't wear it because it's got this big pink or purple thing across the front of it and it's going to scare your animal away right right it drives me nuts um anytime um
2: yeah anytime someone would think about like a gift of camo, i was like (laughs) you would like it, if it's something you would buy, turn to a guy. If yes. it's something you would buy, I would like it. Yes. So please don't bring me no pink camo. Mm-mm. I mean, and if, and if you're a girl out there and you like pink camel power to you, girl, yes. I am going to knock you. That is all you. I just, I prefer
1: to not have pink on my camel. <laughs> yeah. But if you notice, if you notice. <laughs> but, you know everyone's different. If you notice the women out there, if they are deer hunting, you see more color. If you see people bird hunting, it's totally different. Right. No, I Um, agree. I agree. So, yeah, it's I would just like to be able to wear what I've bought because I don't have a whole lot of money to spend on multiple Mm -hmm. different outfits for multiple different things. Um, Right. I would like for some of my stuff to be able to go across the border of whatever I'm hunting. Right. Um, And honestly, I would just like my camo to be camo. <laughs>
2: <Is> <laughs>
1: exactly. Too much to ask for.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like warmth and comfort and camo just put together and that's all I need, all you know. Cuz you're going to be sitting there forever. Mm-hmm. So you you need just something that's comfortable and warm and doesn't have to be fashionable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you do. You uh, so we're both east coasters. Um Mm-hmm. There, there is a difference in stock hunting and, uh, and sitting while you hunt, um, right. Layers are important on all aspects of it. Um, oh, yeah. but warmth is huge when you are sitting. And so, Definitely. um, I was like, talking, it's your body working. yes, it's, it's, it needs the extra insulation, um, mm-hmm. Uh we were talking on another podcast about the importance of leggings um or long underwear or whatever you're yeah, gonna like wear. Long dogs, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also for women, the fact that most of the stuff we buy is not going to fit correctly. And so having no. something <laughs> closer to your body and that doesn't show the um the air through the extra material, um, is right. extremely important. hmm um, yeah. Some brands, uh, I mean, I'm sure you started to see or like venturing
2: out into a women's version. Yes. Um, it, there's still a long way to go mm-hmm. in as far as sizing and options yep. for, you know, like a, a women's cut. Cause obviously men's clothing, if you just get, you know, a different variation of sizing works just fine. We've been doing it for years. Like that's the only option, right? you know, Um, just have it be baggy or whatever, but it has a long way to go. And I'd love to see more companies step up as far as like good fitting hunting camo for, uh, for women in different genres
1: of hunting. Yes, for sure. I agree. I definitely agree. Hey, we're going to touch on something real quick. Um, Hunter versus huntress. You are okay. <laughs> the duck huntress. Um, yes, <laughs> and there there is controversy with with that title. Um, yes, and so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that.
2: Okay. Um. I guess and, yeah, and I do know there's controversy.
1: <laughs> I guess it's more along the lines of there's no disrespect that comes from me. There's no looking down. There's nothing. I, there are some women, especially who have had that name much longer than what some of the women are using that name for. And so um, they're like, I'm not meaning it as a negative. It's just, hey, how did you come up with the duck huntress? Right. And
2: I know there's a lot of irony in it because, you know, hunting predominantly is a male sport. It is, it's a, it's a male world. And so, you know, you're trying to, to get into that and you want to just be seen as a hunter. I see myself as a hunter. I don't try to divide it into, you know, I'm just a female hunter. I don't want to associate with male hunters. That's not it at all. I consider, I consider myself a hunter. But I also like the idea of like the huntress. It doesn't have to be a girly aspect. Like I've been in the military. I'm in law enforcement for 12 years total at a minimum. And I, I, I'm i normally just one of the guys. And so that aspect of it, just, you know, saying huntress, I think it's more of like, you're just confident in what you love to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not making it girly. It's just owning it. You right. know, I think there's, a difference between that. Because I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, you know, it's just uh, someone who likes to wear pink camo and, you know, pretend to be the girly version of a hunter. I don't think that is that at all. I think it's just showing that you have a passion for something and you love it as a girl doing it. So I I always liked the idea of a huntress. It's almost like, you know, when you're younger and you watch like Xena, the warrior, like some Mm -hmm. kind of Viking princess or something ridiculous like that but it's your own like adult hunting version of it. So right. I've always liked the word. Um, I see both sides of it as far as like, ah, it's dividing us. No, it's
1: it's not. It's just saying, you know, that you just love doing it as a girl too. So I know. Yeah. And I think that there are some women like yourself that carry that name well. Um, Thank and you. I think that we need more women who carry that name well. I think that um, mm-hmm. the name yeah. used to mean more. And right. um, I wish that it still would mean that much. Um, I think it's right. sad that they're, that the name has kind of degraded over the years, just recent years, just by the misuse right. of it. Um, right. Like social media kind of mm-hmm. twists it too. But I, yeah, it's almost, yeah, it can be applied to a few different things because of social media. Yeah. But, I think that there truthfully there are some aspects of social media that women aren't abusing that word, but men are abusing that word. And right. the men who are abusing that word aren't necessarily true hunters. I think that mm-hmm. I think that true hunters, male or female, respect right. that name. Um Right. I, I don't think that the disrespect that comes to that name are from true hunters.
2: Right. Like I, I can see, uh, you know, a couple of new people coming into the hunting world and making fun of that, that title or something. Um, but the funny part is like in the, at least in the duck hunting world, if they said that to me, I could probably ask them a few things and they just <laughs> wouldn't know the answers, you know? So I mean, yeah, <laughs> there are like, a, like a, I posted the other day, you know, there are going to be people that no matter what you do or what you call yourself or how good you are at what you love, they're not going to be in your corner. They're not going to agree with you. There's going to be some kind of resistance and that's okay. You know, I like promoting. Um, I mean, Instagram is, has really been my, my outsource to that, but I love promoting other female hunters. I yeah. like showing that there's other people that love the same thing that you love. It's okay to be a female hunter. It's okay to own, that whole huntress thing. It's okay to be serious about it. You know, you don't have to just be the girlfriend that tags along every once in a while. You can go out and get your own stuff. And there's other girls that will help you and show you how to be, you know, that, that badass chick that always wanted to learn how to hunt.
1: Yeah, and it's okay. It's, and how to you know, do it it's well, okay. <laughs> not just do right. it, but do it well. And mm-hmm. and you are one of those women out there who are approachable who um love to teach who would love to mentor who is there for those kind of questions um right and i think that the more women that we have in that position uh i think that maybe we can see that title maybe flip a little bit into a more positive um positive light
2: right and like build that community because honestly, half the time women, we're our own worst enemy. Mm. I mean, <laughs> half the time we don't have to worry about men opening the hunting dro- world to us. It's, you know, other women that
1: <laughs> yeah
2: just get on to each other. And it's not even in the hunting world, it's different categories of life where we're just kind of negative to each other.
1: I know. And
2: I just, I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. So <laughs> just building up other women that just love to do hunting in any kind of variation from pink camo to just straight up, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter how you like to do it. It just
1: matters that we all love that same hunting world. Right. So. And that we hold it to the ethical, um, high standard that we want it to be at. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. Cause there's so much respect behind the hunt, like the hunt within itself, you know, how seriously you take it, what it means for people, like, Oh my gosh! If I didn't have hunting, is my like my therapy, like my reprieve. Yeah, it is. It is what I look forward to. It is just so relaxing to me, and I wish more people had that opportunity to understand that it's not just going out and killing a bunch of things. It's just so much more than that. And Mm -hmm. until you get into that world, you don't realize it.
1: No, now. Um, How much time do you get off to guide in the season?
2: It's just under two months. It's probably about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish it was the full season, but it's roughly around that. Because what I actually do is I save up all my comp time um, from the year and just try not to really take off time during the year. (laughs) So that I can, because I have a pretty good schedule. Um, So I'm off decent amount so I save up my actual vacation days for duck season so that I can do that so and my uh, my job was really great about it I had some really good leadership when I first presented it um to them I you know I when I was out out there and they're like uh we were we're after hunting one day and I I said you know it'd be awesome to learn how to guide one day and they're like all right well you want to learn and I was like uh yeah mm-hmm. yes <laughs> and uh Because I mean, who gets that opportunity, not, you know, already being a guide to go work for an outfitter, you know, like that opportunity to be, you know, the rookie and be taken on and to be shown what people have been doing for years. Mm -hmm. Not many people get to do that.
1: If you think about it, it's probably really, really smart for a guide service to invest in female guides because it will broaden. Yes, because it's not seen. <laughs> it broadens your, because it's hard for me to say, hey, I would like to take a weekend and go over to Arkansas and hunt ducks with this service. It's all men it would probably not be received very well on the home front (laughs) unless my husband came with me just mainly because the comfort setting (laughs) that there's a safety part of it. You've never met these men before. Um, there's the look of it. There's the, uh, there's a whole lot that goes behind it. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So having women in these guide services would actually probably be something very good for the investment yeah no
2: definitely because i mean and then you even have like groups that you hear about where the one guy couldn't come because his wife didn't want to go or something like that which is fine but i mean like if she actually felt that she had someone else she could do yes while you were hunting and even learn about it
1: and, and realize she enjoyed it or that she wouldn't I be mean, the only girl going. I mean, that mm-hmm. works out for everybody. It, does. Out- <laughs> it does. It does. It also involves more than just the man in the family. It it starts to involve the family, the whole family, not just right. the man, not just right. the woman. But it starts bringing the kids in. And then it can become mm-hmm. something that you pass down um, mm-hmm. versus only – encouraging one part of a family, um, you can actually grow our hunting community that way. Right.
2: I, I love the idea of, you know, take your daughter hunting, mm-hmm. take your, take your daughter hunting. Like why that we just take our son hunting, right. you know, some people say, well, you know, she has no interest in it. Well, have you ever t- taken her, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have you asked been like, you know what we're going and we're gonna see if you don't like it after we go.
1: Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, hey, here are, look at some of these women. Let me introduce you. Let me show you what they are doing too. Let me, let me, because we women are relational. And so right. there's only so much that we can relate to a man in that mm-hmm. way. And so being able to create, um, I mean, my, my daughter is learning how to hunt this year and she has, I love it. I'm so excited about it, but I I don't want me to just be the one female in her life. I want her to be able to see other women doing the same thing. I want her to be able to look at Kate McGrath and I want her to be able to see all of these other different women doing all of these different aspects of hunting. Deer hunting might not be something that she loves. Duck like hunting, hunting role models. Yes. And so I think that we um, need to encourage dads and moms to say, hey, right. son, daughter, we're not just the ones that you can look at. Look at some of these other examples. Agree. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that a lot in law enforcement, too. Like um, when I was on the road, I'd have little girls come up to me at the school's and be like, you're, you're a girl. What do you, <laughs> how are you, you know, how are you a police officer? You're, all, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with hunting. Like you just don't have that role model. Like when I was younger, I never even crossed my mind to be a hunter nope. because I never saw it. And so it's so nice to like have these role models that are popping up all over the place that I'm even like, oh God, I want to be like her one day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. She's going all over and all different kinds of things, seeing all these beautiful views. I mean, it's it's such great experience like all over the states and everywhere. I mean, yeah. you could literally hunt all year long in any part of the world. I could duck and follow <laughs> I could duck hunt year round, not in the states, but if I started, you know, here and then just continue to Australia mm-hmm. or Europe,
1: yeah, and just. I you could keep Take um, a, take a year, take a right. year, and hit all of the different the different parts. Could you of- imagine that blog? <laughs> that would be an amazing. It would be. It's an idea for amazing. you. <laughs> it would somewhere be somewhere down the yeah. <laughs> Um, I. Uh, I want to, I'm glad that you've kind of told me some of the ins and outs of it, but I want to hear what it was like as a female guide, um, having men come in, are they surprised? Are they shocked? Or do you, do you feel like it's an even playing ground?
2: I feel like it's even, um, (sighs) I don't, I mean, you'll get comments like, oh, I've never seen a a girl guy before. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a girl done before. I hear, I mean, you hear that a lot, but as far as like them expecting more or less from you, it's pretty much even. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be there if you didn't know what you were doing or have, you know, everyone gets that normal, like from my experience, everyone just has that normal, we're just going on a feeling. Right. Um. So yeah, in that aspect, it's just like a job, and everyone just respects that. You know, you're there doing your job. I've only had one disrespectful guy in all these years of doing it, and uh, I told him very quick that this <laughs> is not how you're gonna talk to me. <laughs> no, and it's- I think he called me uh, like princess or something like that, and oh, I was no. like, no. Nope.
1: Uh, that's not going to go over well for you. <laughs> no, that would not yeah. go over well at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think it does. It, it, the way we respond to that is, um, right. is what makes us different. Um, we can mm-hmm. respond in a very offended, very, frustrated, emotional response, or we can just show them that we're like anybody else out there. Um, Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, I'm kind of here in the swamp with you too, but you ain't gonna call me that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's, I'll respect you. You respect me and let's get some ducks on the, on the ground. Um, Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, um, okay. 2018. How was your season last year?
2: It was very slow. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, a lot of people all over um, will agree if you just look at the different forums, um, like different Facebook groups for for duck hunting, side uh, services, and a It was just a season because it start. It was really warm. Yeah, I remember that. That it was supposed to be, so we like never got that good push of birds. Um, obviously there were some but nothing like the year before at all. Like uh, some of the guides hunting 20 years plus, I said it was probably the worst they've seen in a very long time. Um, so hopefully it is not as warm this season <laughs> and that push-up birds come from Canada. Yeah. Um, and so another aspect I love about duck hunting is if you learn about bands like and anyone who doesn't know, it's just like the metal um, bands that they put on birds to track where they're from. Right. And when you get one, it's, it's, it's literally like your lucky day. Cause it's very <laughs> rare. It, and for the most part, it's rare that you get one. Um, and you enter in the number and it tells you where that bird is from the sex, of the bird, obviously the type of bird if you didn't know. Right. Um, cause there's so many different species of ducks, like depending on where you live, you never see them. Um, like in one season I shot like Ten different species of duck, just in in one, in like just completely different looking ducks. That if you just think of one kind of duck, you you'd had no idea they all look so different. Yeah, um, it's, but those are cool. I mean, you, you got you got bands coming from Canada. Uh, we had one a goose that came from Alaska.
1: Wow, it's just
2: it's so cool to see how far they
1: travel. Yeah, and their migratory um, patterns it's a long and their yeah, right, wow. right. So, like, yeah. I got a teal band from Illinois down in Arkansas.
2: Tiny, tiny little
1: band. <laughs> oh, that's they're cool. kind of like trophies, like panning for gold. And yes, yes, it's definitely like a trophy where you
2: will jump up and down, like, oh my god, my bird had a band, <laughs> and like it's banded. So,
1: you'd be very excited. So, I hope you get one when you go in January. (laughs) I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, I'm finding all of these goals that I have for January. Um, but I also, um, I'm also noticing the weather and it has been warmer this year. Um, I'm hoping that we're on a cooling Mm -hmm. trend. I hope that it's finally coming through because it has been summer until now. Um, but I definitely suggest layers yes.
2: for warmth, and also if it gets warm, that you can peel off layers. Yeah. I will start out with way more layers when I first go out there. From like when I go back in, I'll I'll be taking one or two, you know, jackets or sweatshirts or whatever um, I have layer wise. So I would definitely suggest that.
1: Yeah. Well, here's to hoping it's, it's going to be. Here's to hoping the migration is the way it's supposed to be this year um, for both of us. Uh, and I get a headlamp as well uh, a head for lamp, the gear. yeah headlamp I love my headlamp it's going to be dark when you go out there <laughs> I, I love yes. my headlamp um, I remember my brother told me one time and he would kill me if I said this and I'm going to um that he went out one night and you can't um you can't set up before midnight um a blind that is Removable. Like it's just a temporary on the land that he was going to be hunting ducks. I got you. And so they would go out at midnight and set it up and then be there ready. And they would send somebody else back for food. Um, and I can't remember what the whole something happened and they fell asleep and the water came in on them (laughs) and they all woke up with everything floating around them. (laughs) And I love my brother. This is also my brother that is like, Blackhawk pilot, awesome guy. Um, but take it back to <laughs> high school and you're learning about these things and you're making these mistakes and that kind of thing. And man, he tells that story and I just die laughing. He said, I learned a valuable lesson that day. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. But it is, it's all about those lessons as you learn along the way. Some are smaller than that, some are bigger than that. But um, no oh, matter. Oh, I had a big
2: one, girl. Ooh, <laughs> I dug <took>, oh. <laughs> out. Please tell. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, all the guys will tell you, too. It was out in Arkansas, and it is like ice water. And uh, we were coming in from, it was just before dark. Like legit, like the last minute of shoot, shooting, it's going to be dark, dark within like 30 minutes. and. Uh, we were we were leaving we had a little too many people in here in the boat so they were right on the cusp of the weight limit for the boat Mm -hmm. but yeah so um one of the guys as we were going along they ended up trying to like switch positions and just kind of went forward a bit and them going forward a little bit and me slowing down because they got up unexpectedly to move to that position it made the front go down of this, like the and the deer, mm-hmm. um, duck boat, made the front go down, and then you know them slowing down the wave behind you push it up. Oh no! Oh, and we we straight we straight. Um, luckily, <laughs> it's not that deep right there, so the point where I am literally standing in the boat, um, <laughs> the boat is under the water. <laughs> <laughs> this was a learning experience because. I'm calm because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'm fired. Yeah. Um, and then you have these guys are in the ice water freaking out um, <laughs> because it's cold. Uh-huh. uh And they're, like, luckily, you learn to get blind bags. Like, if you're going to be on the walk, you get, like, a blind bag and a gun bag that flows. They right. have them. Right. Um, <laughs> that was probably my worst learning experience ever uh, to not obviously overdo it on the weight mm-hmm. and everyone was fine we, we uh we had another one of our guys coming in with their bow down it up towing it out everyone was fine but it had been bad if you know there wasn't someone else in the area to get us out of the, uh, oh. the in the ice water in the almost pitch black dark mm-hmm. but it was um it was A learning experience, mm-hmm. yes. There's never failures, so we, all have those. we all mess up. <laughs> <laughs> never failures, you always learn. <laughs> They're like, We're surprised you were so
1: calm. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. So. That's my job mm-hmm. is to stay calm because <laughs> if you had freaked out, everybody else would have freaked out
2: even more, right? Uh, so, the, like, you know, that other training came into play, like you talked about earlier, like what mm-hmm. training comes into play in the hunting that probably did, but in my mind, I was like. I'm so screwed.
1: Damn, I'm fired. (laughs) Everybody's got to learn that lesson at some point. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. So okay. So what's your goal for this year?
2: My goal for this year, um, I'm actually I have never got my first book as Uh far as deer hunting. So that is on my list. I have land locally that I actually uh, have access to now. So I'm going to be and our, our deer season actually open today. Rifle season opened today. So I'm very excited about that. So hopefully get that on my list. Um, I want to tap into public lands more mm-hmm. like we talked about. Yeah. And then I will be leaving uh, first week of December to head out back to Arkansas for another season out there. Super excited about that because those people have like turned into family. Right. And um, you learn you learn stuff from, you know, different people that come in all the time. And just and to have access to hunting every single day, don't get me wrong, it's exhausting. It's like it's some of the hardest work to do it every day, but it's still you enjoy it so much. And you just learn stuff from just doing it every day that you you probably wouldn't learn doing it every once in a while, as far as like learning the birds and how they do certain things and, um, just different things that you can do differently to make it a better hunt. So
1: well, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited excited that that you and I both have been scouting today and, and looking at, uh, potential areas. And, um, I was reminded that even when you're scouting, even when you are, looking for things like that, you're still hunting because your goal is a victory in that hunt. Um, and so you are right. constantly hunting. The process of hunting doesn't start when you sit in a tree or you spot an animal or it's from beginning to you end.
2: Pay a <laughs> right. 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 It, or when you pay, a, that's a big thing I noticed about younger guys that come to hunt. They expect if you, I mean, obviously, going on a guided hunt is not cheap. No, there's different ranges of like if you pay for like two dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day, depending on what you're hunting, or you know, thousand dollar elk hunt. You know, right. I mean, it really depends. But just because you pay that money doesn't necessarily mean that you get that kill. Whether you know, these are wild animals. <laughs> whether the birds just aren't there that day or you miss your shots or Mm -hmm. talking and then you blame it on your guide, you know, like, so that is something I find interesting. Just like even just sitting back and watching as far as people expecting you go, you kill. That's not hunting. No, that's not hunting. Like you go, you know, like you, you go and if you know what you're doing and you're listening to your guides and, you know, you're receptive to that, you're you're going to have a good time and probably be successful. But at the end of the day, these are wild animals. And if your only enjoyment is when you, you know, get a full limit, yeah, that's a good day. But you have to realize that you don't pay for that. No. Like you pay for the experience. You pay for your guide to, to set you up for success. But the birds all have to be there or whatever animal has to be there. Um, And you also have to just cooperate with, like, how you need to do it to make it successful. But it's sad that you see a lot of, like, it's really just younger guys, honestly, that are just complaining, well, we paid this amount of money and uh, we, we only got, like, this many birds. You're not paying for birds. They're, you know we don't let them out of a,
1: a cage. No, <laughs> they're wild. You you're know? paying for they're the wild hunt. Animals. You're paying for the experience. Right. You're, sir, I mean, and even if you're not paying, you are going on a hunt. You are going on the experience of beginning to end. Um, right. The prep to the finish. Um, whatever that mm-hmm. finish is. Um, as long as you can walk away from it, learning something, then it is a it's a good hunt. Right. Yep. No, I agree.
2: So a lot of people need to realize that you'd go there for the experience and and you're probably going to be successful. But just because you pay for a hunt doesn't mean you necessarily, you know, always have wild animals cooperate. Right. So there's some days where it doesn't. Right. It is what it is.
1: I mean, they're migratory animals. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) It depends on a whole lot of things to get it all to come to fruition, right? right. Well, And um, there's
2: so much that goes on behind the scenes with the guiding as far as like setting up decoys. And if there's flooding, exactly. the decoys move. If there's frozen water, the decoys move. You know, the geese guides scout for where the geese are in the fields and where they're feeding, um, you know, and put so many hours into, you know, setting up those hunts for the perfect spots. So there's a lot of like behind the scenes that people don't see for a guide where you just show up And you hunt, but there's so much behind the scenes
1: that goes into it. I was about to say, well, I think that, I think that people might hear that, but, um, I think that our expectations should be exactly like you said, the expectations should be there to Mm -hmm. hunt. Um, and, uh, and I'm excited to hear how your hunts go. I'm excited to follow along this season and my fingers are crossed big time for a buck for you. Big time. I'm excited to hear about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. We will both be cheering each other on this season and, um, And I know that your door is always open for questions. If anybody is interested in guiding, if anybody is interested in learning how to guide or how to get involved in that, um, or even just a question on what do I wear? What, what gear? I know that I heard it on the podcast, but can you give me a list? Um, I know that that right. Your door is right. always yeah. open for that. Um. Yes,
2: definitely. Um, the easiest way would be on Instagram. It's the duck huntress mm-hmm. on Instagram and they just sent me a message totally available for any kind of questions. I would love
1: it. Okay. Great. Awesome. Well, Hey Kate, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate yes, it.
2: Yes, it was, it was great. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what we book it into. And you and I definitely have to go hunting one day.
1: I would love that. It would be a blast. It would be so much fun. And there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of public land between me and you. And, um, yes. <laughs> and my door is always <laughs> open here. I know that I'm on your way to Arkansas. So stop in and visit anytime. That would be awesome the plan All right. you can find Kate on Instagram go follow her at the duck huntress
0: thank you for listening follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours jump on iTunes Google Play and Podbean subscribe leave us a comment and don't forget to hit that five star rating we appreciate the support and until next time lay them down
1: Hey, everyone. This is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading into the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to
0: SasquatchFuel.com. Hey, guys. Enter code WesternContours at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.